We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Rice-based podcast. I'm Lacey, and guess what? Today I have the fabulous, fabulous, wonderful Miss Rachel here with me. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, Rachel? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lacey? I'm so tired. I I moved <laughs> this week, and I didn't take any time off. So basically, I've been moving and like organizing boxes between the hours of 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. and just still trying to do all my work every day. And I'm so tired. Yeah, I think none of us would blame you at this point. And But it's Friday when we're recording this, so you're going to take the weekend off at least? Yes. I mean, normally I end up on the weekends that I don't have my kids. I do quite a bit of work on Saturdays, but I'm, do- I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to rest all Saturday long. Sounds good. And you should. You deserve it. Thank you. So this month, all month long, we've been talking about goal setting and analytics for social media. So we talked about, you know, what types of goals to set. We talked about um, what kind of metrics to match with each goal. We talked about where to find the metrics that you're going to report on. And you are rounding it out for us today with how you actually report on these tools. Or I mean, not on these tools. You can see my tired showing. (laughs) How you actually report on your social media efforts. So are you prepared for that? You ready to go? Well, we'll see, won't we? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Probably more ready than me. (laughs) Okay. So let's start the conversation off with a small discussion on reporting tools. So Uh, Adrian mentioned these in last week's podcast about what types of tools that she uses or doesn't use or why she likes reporting tools or doesn't. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the pros and cons of reporting tools as a way to report on social media progress. Okay. Well, so lots of different platforms have their own reporting tools. And I, I mean, I can't speak for all of them at all by any means, but the ones that we've used, um, we've kind of come up with this list of pros and cons. And, um, you know, basically the biggest pro for these tools is that they're super easy to use. Um, You know, generally it's grab and go. Sometimes you can like customize it a little bit, maybe put your logo onto the report. And they're also really consistent. So, and what I mean by that is they're going to always pull the same data, right? So if you're reporting for a specific client and you have a ready-made report, they're going to, you know, that client will see the same type of report, the same, it'll visually look the same every time and it'll generate, it should have the same metrics on it every time. Um, The cons of that method, I guess, would be how much do you trust those reports? Um, That's a good point, yeah. I won't name any names, but we were using a tool and uh, we used to pull the ready-made reports from that tool until we back-checked 
the data with the raw data from the social media platform itself and found that the numbers did not match and we didn't know why they didn't match. And not knowing what's going on on your reports is really bad, especially (laughs) client comes to you and says, can you explain this to me? And if you don't know what, where you got that or how that number came to be, that looks really bad. And it can, it can fall back on you and your company in a pretty bad way. So um, I remember, I remember a couple months ago, I mean, it was probably almost a year ago now. Time is strange in, in this pandemic era. Um, I remember, I think it started with you writing some specific content on engagement rates. And all of a sudden you started researching, like really getting into the nitty gritty of the reports that we had been putting out. And you were the one who brought it to our attention. Like this engagement rate that this report is showing us is not even a rate at all. Um, it's, it's a totally different kind of metric than what we expected an engagement rate to be like. Was that kind of, I mean, what did that feel like to all of a sudden when this is your responsibility to report on these things, what did that feel like when you had that realization? You know, it almost like you kind of get this ball in the pit of your stomach. Like, luckily I found it, like we found it and it wasn't a client coming to us going, what does this number mean? And that doesn't even, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was, you're exactly right. It was when we were working on that engagement rate piece and just the definitions that that tool used and called engagement rate is, I mean, engagement rate's a whole other issue in itself because it is a really hard true to honestly define um but there's generally accepted like ways of defining what engagement rate is and this platform this tool that we were using it it was not that at all and so it was very um kind of misleading the numbers that it was giving and if we had been challenged on that reporting it would have it would have sucked <laughs> really yeah it would have <laughs> So, so when you are, um, like, let's say for instance, that somebody is going to choose to use a tool as their main reporting method, what are some of the tips that you might give them to just make sure that if they're using that tool, um, to report on it, that they're confident in it, what kind of tips would you give them? Well, the good thing about, um, I guess one good thing about these tools that do have ready-made reports is at least the ones that I have seen, they, they do a pretty good job of, um, at point defining what they're, what they're talking about in their numbers. Um, but you have to actually look for that and familiarize yourself with it. Like just because the information's there doesn't mean that it's something that you're going to agree with. Um, So yeah, that would be definitely be my um, recommendation is to really look at those reports and look at the numbers and try and figure out, um, you know, what it is that they're reporting, how they're defining everything, and make sure that it's it is what you agree with and you that you agree with the way that they are reporting those numbers. That makes really good sense. You don't ever want to be caught in a position where a client is asking something and and the report that you handed to them is something that you don't even understand or agree with. So I think that's great advice. That would be awful. So, I can only imagine. 
<laughs> yeah, really bad. <laughs> so if you choose not to use reporting tools, um, something similar to what we're doing at Spry right now, you know, we're a lot of the times pulling raw data from as many of the platforms that we can and creating customized reports. So let's talk about that as an option. If you're choosing to pull raw data and create your own customized reports, what are some pros and cons to that method? Okay, yeah. So this is obviously, like you said, the the route that we have gone down with Spry. And obviously, because, you know, we feel that that's the better way to go, at least for what we are doing and for our clients right now. Um, but it does definitely present some hurdles. And the biggest one being that you can't like export an Excel file and hand it to your client and say, here's your report. Like that's not going to fly with anybody either. Yeah. And be like, they don't know how to read it. I don't know what these numbers are. Like this is, this is, this doesn't work. So you have to interpret it for them. And not only that, but you have to put it into a report form and kind of pretty, pretty it up, right? Like it has to oh, yeah. be something that they can look at and read and actually understand. Um, so there are huge pros to it, but there are cons as well. So, um, you know, it's going to take a lot more time to do that. And you're going to have to have probably some other um, tool that you're using to build your actual reports. Um, but the pros are, of course, you can pick and choose which analytics, uh, which data you want and generally get more reliable data directly from the platform that you're pulling it from. And it does kind of, I know last week with Adrian, you guys talked about, you know, who are, are these platforms beholden to to give you the correct numbers? Mm. And they're not honestly like held up to anybody's standards, but their own. But that's really the best that we can get, right? Like we can't. Yeah, there's nobody auditing their their own reporting process. Yeah. So you just kind of have to trust the platform if you're going to use the platform and take what you can get with that. Now, one thing I would think with the way that we do it too is that it does take quite a bit more time. You know, obviously you can't just export this month's file from your scheduling tool with your branded logo on it and just pop it right over to your client. I mean, when we, when you're exporting content and then translating it and putting it into some sort of graphic design tool, that's a lot of extra time. I mean, we've been doing it, so we obviously see it as worth it, but you know, is it worth it for everybody to do it that way? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, and it and it definitely, it's case by case how long it takes too, right? Because it depends on the client and how many platforms you're working for them and what their goals are. It all ties back into goals again, because you want to report metrics that align with the goals that they are trying to reach. So that is, I mean, that's actually another pro for, you know, pulling raw data is you can match the data that you're pulling to uh, answer to the goals that they have. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it probably takes, I would say like three or four times as long, if not more, to pull raw data and build a whole new custom report versus, you know, selecting dates on a ready-made tool and having a report pop out. Yeah, I agree. I like your point though. 
if anything, this whole month as we're focusing on, yes, it's a focus on analytics, but it's also a focus on goals. And so, you know, it doesn't ask you on a lot of these tools, what, what are your social media goals? You know, we'll give you the customized data for exactly what your goals are. No, that's not how the software works. The software works based on probably what their goals are. You know, if they communicate that they help with, you know, getting higher engagement rates, then that's what they're going to show you. They're not going to show you as much about um, community size growth. They're not going to show you as much about the actual number of engaged users, you know, so, so it definitely leans more towards their priorities. And so you have to be super clear on your priorities. Let's say for instance, you're not, what if you're not super clear on your priorities, then these ready-made tools with a nice little printout report might be a great solution for you. Um, if however, you've gone through the process and you know exactly what your goals are, you're not going to find that specific data in a custom or I mean in a, um, I don't know, a cookie cutter report, you are going to probably have to create a custom report the same way that we do, even though it takes more time. Yeah. Those ready-made tool ones, they're just, you know, you get what you get, you know, there's no feedback. You can't ask, ask it for a different piece of data that maybe missing is just you're stuck with what you get. Take it or leave it. (laughs) So let's talk about what you get. Okay. So what do you actually include in these reports? Whether you choose to use a reporting tool, whether you choose to do raw data with a customized report, what do you need to include in reports when you're creating reports for social media? Well, that all depends. It goes back to your goals again, and it just depends what you are trying to do or what your client wants you to do if you're working for somebody. Um, But you do need to make sure that you are always being consistent in what you're reporting. And, um, you know, each report should have at least an overview or a review of the previous report's numbers so that they can easily compare um, and that kind of comes down, comes up to, you know, the next topic of like, how often do you want to be reporting these things? Um, because sometimes you'll do it like monthly or sometimes you'll do it quarterly and you'll want to pull the data that makes sense and cover the data from the previous time period that makes sense. So I don't know if I really made sense with that, but. Well, I think you did. I mean, the most important thing when we're talking about what do you include I think you're very right to talk about consistency more than anything. It's not it's not that you must have XYZ metric. It's that you must have matching metrics report over report so that you're showing growth in whatever the goal is. Um, growth or stagnation or decline, you know. Um, but it has to be consistent because I, I can tell you, prior, this is bad. I shouldn't say this out loud. It's Friday night. So I'm a little loose. I feel, (laughs) um, you know, prior to having a, a team and more consistent processes, I can tell you that as a, as a one person show, it's very easy to just spit out like, Oh, here's one really great piece of data that happened this week. I'm just going to send them that even though the goal that we're trying to accomplish, we actually kind of lost ground on this week. I'm just not going to show them that this week and I'll show them this instead because that makes me look good. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only person in the social media field who has ever done something like that. Um, 
it's it's not the best thing for your client. It's not the best thing for your long term, but it is an option you have. If you want to just look good to your client, sure, you can pick and choose one great data point and report on that. But if you want to actually go towards an overarching goal, like we're working on as a team now with all of the clients that we work with, you do have to be consistent, honest, and transparent about whether something is growing, stagnating, or declining. Yeah. And one other thing that I just thought of too is the platforms themselves change. Like everything's changing so constantly. So that can be a point of frustration when you're doing these reports and trying to be consistent. If suddenly the metric that you've been tracking for the last year isn't even available, then what do you do? That came up this past month for me and I had to like build a whole new report almost for one of my clients. And it was like, well, uh, this is all the information I have. Like I literally can't get the information that I was giving to you before. I'm sorry. I don't know what to like. It's yeah. So that's kind of thing is kind of frustrating. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast when you're working with, you know, social media and platforms that are just constantly evolving. One thing that I've seen come out of some of your reports too, especially lately, it seems like there has been some glitches in some of the platforms reporting. Let's take Google My Business, for instance. You know, we've got some clients who we do Google business listing posts for. And so for years, we've been reporting on the same data, you know, the number of um, views that their profile has gotten from search, from map listings, from photo views. And all of a sudden, we see one day and there's like 20, no, wait, it was 120,000 views of photos in one day. And it's like, well, we can't just leave out that data. So we have to explain it somehow. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like this this client gets an average of like 200 photo views a day. And they have done photo shoots with us and have really good photos for their business. And so they've always been, they've consistently had more photo views and more photos like uploaded to Google business listing. So those numbers has all, have always been really good for them. And then a couple months ago, they had like other business. So Google business listing does your photos. It reports on your photos and it reports on businesses like yours. Um, and that would be businesses like the clients, obviously. And there were their photo views were like going like normal average 200 or so a day. And then there was just two random days where businesses like theirs were viewed. They had photos viewed 5,000 and like 6,000 times <laughs> one random day. Um, and I could never figure out like what photos it was, um, who, like what businesses those were that were reporting those numbers. And so I had to explain that to the client and be like, we don't know why this is. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm doing the research, but I don't know if there's, you know, we never found a, a way to figure out what was going on. And then <laughs> this month I just reported on stuff again <laughs> and there was another random day where she had 120,000 views on some pictures. I don't know if it was one picture. In one day! Or or if it was multiple pictures. Um, and yeah, it's just like, this is completely random out of the blue. I don't know if it's some kind of just, it, I feel like it must be some kind of a glitch or something in the system because I, I just, there's no other ex explanation that I can think of. Um, but then there was also like two other days later in the month also that 
businesses like theirs had 6,000 and 7,000 views on those days and all the other days are normal. So I don't know. It's just really weird. (laughs) So it would be so easy. It would be so easy to just like leave that out, you know, just not include it. Yeah. But if we're staying consistent, she's seen that in her reports every month for years. Yeah. So if we just leave it out, she'll know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's where that consistency comes in. Whether you tr- you totally understand what the platform's data is doing or not, when you build this consistency, you build this trust yeah. with a client or with your boss. And even when there's mistakes or glitches or anything, it's better to have those things be consistent and open and discussed than just hiding anything that doesn't fit you looking good. Yeah, and it was, you know, I... I re- I reported on it. I put it in there. I put a note in the report. And when I emailed that report to her, I also mentioned it in the body of the email. And she came back and she said, thank you so much for the update. You know, have a great day. I really appreciate, you know, that you're looking out for my business. Um, But at the same time, it's like she understands that there's only so much that we can do. And she trusts that we're doing everything we can. So... It's funny, isn't it? Trust comes from that that willingness to be transparent, even when it doesn't make you look good. Yeah, there you go being human instead of being a robot. Amen. Automation's not going to tell you that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back for a second on the discussion about how often. So how often do you recommend people report on their social media goals and analytics? So this is kind of a moving target. Um, Historically, we always report at least every quarter, so every three months. Um, but we've been moving with a lot of our clients to moving um, to reporting monthly instead of quarterly. Um, and honestly, like it would make sense to do it even more often, but it does take so much of your time. So it really kind of depends, you know, on having a discussion with the client and finding out what their priorities are. Um, And just, you know, if they want you to do it more often, that's great. Um, But you have to have the conversation and make sure that, you know, you're getting paid for what you're doing. Um, So in, in, I think, best case scenario, you'd want to report at least monthly, maybe twice a month. But um, because it kind of goes back to those same things, it's kind of, it'd be nice to like, keep an eye on your analytics, maybe once a week, so you can quickly know when something weird is happening or something's doing great and and keep pushing on that thing that's going well. But I think a full like a full analytics report, you can do monthly and I think that's that's just fine. Um, so yeah, it really kind of depends. <laughs> I like to think that um, those little wins that I talked about, like, oh, look, this post got X amount of comments or, you know, hey, we got just letting you know, um, we got 100 link clicks this week on this post or you know, something like that could be good weekly updates. I think that that especially if you're reporting to a boss or a client, you know, they like to feel like they're in the loop, you know. And so those little wins that you can share weekly can be great. And then monthly reports that yield a, um, a better look at what your overall hierarchy, hierarchy goals are can come monthly. 
Um, I've also heard you talk about the idea of doing kind of an annual analysis. Like let's look back last year versus this year and just see those details. I think including some sort of annual analysis year over year can be a really good addition to the, you know, weekly little wins and monthly reporting. Yeah, one thing I've been doing a lot lately is doing the monthly reports, you know, every single month for the clients. But then when we hit those quarterly marks, I throw in this the monthly stats, but then I do the previous quarter and this quarter that I'm reporting on and just do an even bigger report that kind of encompasses all of it. And yeah, just keep on keep an eye on things weekly too. And like one thing you said, those those little weekly wins. I like to watch our ads really closely. And when I see that an ad is doing really, really well, I try to like grab it and put more money on it before it even stops and loses momentum. Mm. Um, and that's I've never done that before. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that like you wouldn't catch if you were only looking at it, you know, once a month. So there's definitely value in watching things more closely. But yeah, it's, you know, it's a balancing act. You just, you only have so much time in the day. So. So what about, what about when? Okay. So we know how often we're looking at doing this, but for you, when, at least at Spry, this is one of your main responsibilities is making sure that, that reports are happening for many clients every month on time, et cetera. So when, do you make time to actually do that? Because it's it's kind of far outside of the flow of social media content creation and promotion. So when do you do this reporting task? Yeah, so I always do it the first or second day of the month, typically for the previous month. And I do that because there's some uh, some of the platforms you can't get super, they're not super flexible in the dates that they allow you to choose. And they will only um, report on, say, the previous seven days or the previous 30 days. And you can't actually put in and select the dates that you want the data on. Specifically, Instagram was, was one that until just very recently, they only gave you insights on the previous seven days. And it was like super annoying because, you know, Instagram's owned now by Facebook and Facebook has great analytics and Instagram is like, it made me want to pull my hair out because like, oh, you only get the seven days and that's all you can do. So it almost feels archaic. Yeah. (laughs) The way that they report. So like every Monday I was going on and pulling Instagram analytics so that I could have some semblance of, you know, here's the actual numbers for the whole month. But thankfully now Instagram is letting us the last 30 days so I'm really excited for that but yes (laughs) I generally do all my reports in the first couple of days of the month Um, some of them like if we have a client that is just a Facebook client and I know that those that platform is very flexible in choosing the dates I kind of deprioritize them because I know that I can go back on like the third or the fourth or the fifth and still get the numbers that I need to actually represent the month that I'm reporting on. Um, But I still try and get them, you know, to the clients in a timely manner because, you know, it goes back to that trust and they want to know what you're doing and they want to make sure that you are working and doing what you're supposed to be doing. So 
yeah, I do it at the beginning of every month. And um, it kind of flows well because at the end of the month, I usually am building out um, the content calendar for the next month. So I have like the last week of the month is my week of building calendars. And then it rolls into the first week of the month is my week of building reports. I almost wonder too, if then, you know, you're building those reports at the beginning of the month. And then as you're planning out the content that's going to go in that month, you're like, it's very fresh in your mind. What content did well? You know, what were the top performing posts on each platform in the last month? You know, because you just built the report for it. So that can kind of help inform the content that you continue to create throughout the, the next month that you're working on. Yeah. And sometimes I adjust the ad strategy too. Um, and, You know, like if there's a client that they didn't get as much engagement on the previous month, and I know that because I just, you know, I just pulled their report numbers, then I can focus on that for their ad strategy for the upcoming month. And yeah, it's, it kind of keeps everything a little bit more informed. It's all about consistency, I'd say. I love that. And I'm so glad we have you to keep us consistent. (laughs) Without you, I don't think I'd be nearly as consistent. And you would probably agree, wouldn't you? (laughs) Oh, you know, we've all got our uh, highs and lows, Lacey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm happy with that for overall um, reporting content. So with that, at the end of every Surprise Space podcast episode, I love to ask about where you've been working lately. As an all-remote team at Spry, sometimes we're working in very interesting places. So you, Rachel, are usually one who is working in very interesting places. Tell me a little bit about where you've been working lately. Yeah, so obviously you guys all know that I live on a sailboat. And usually we're out cruising around from Anchorage to Anchorage all year long. But now it's December and we're actually taking a bit of a break from the boat. And we're in Vancouver, Washington for probably at least the next month or two, a couple months maybe. And um, it's kind of interesting. We're actually in a house where, uh, you know, we don't know instantly when it starts raining and Hmm. it can be a windstorm outside and we hardly know about it. Um, I wake up every morning and I go and I look for the sunrise and I can hardly see it. Like it's just a little sliver of it between these two buildings I can't see it's yeah it's kind of interesting um there's pros and cons I mean we're enjoying being in a house and having a little bit more room um but I miss the boat and yeah it's just different we'll be back to the boat you know in the spring and it'll kind of go back to normal but the one thing I have noticed is I miss the sunrises and seeing it like how are the kids about it Um, the kids, they like being here. Um, we're staying right now with Brendan's dad. So they've got grandpa here. Um, and they get, you know, kind of we're cooped up more with it being winter time than we're used to in the summer and spring and fall. And so they're getting more, you know, electronics time or screen time than, they would normally get. So they love it. <laughs> They're all, <laughs> but they, I think they miss the boat too, especially my daughter, Callie. She'll, she'll kind of talk about mosaic every once in a while and kind of 
pine after her a little bit, I think. But they're happy. They're happy wherever they are. They're pretty good good kids. So Well, even though I haven't even gotten to see you yet because of all of the pandemic regulations, it actually feels good to have you close. <laughs> no, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, it's such a weird time. Like, normally I would be seeing so many of my friends and family, like, constantly all the way down here. And I haven't gotten to see very many people or, you know, as much as I would have liked to. Um, but, I mean, that's just the exactly. world as it is today. Alas, here we are. Like, nothing <laughs> we can do about it, really. So, but it is kind of cool. I do like being here. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to see you in person mm-hmm. for the first time and. I don't know, almost a year. I know, pretty close. Maybe January. Yeah, and it's pretty cool too. Like, one of our clients is the Grant Street Pier, and I love that place. I would just go down there every day if I could. And being being here and close to it, I've been down there a couple times already since we got back. And I like to go down there and take pictures of it. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool thing. So if you guys haven't been to check out the Grant Street Pier in downtown Vancouver on the waterfront, you should definitely go check it out because it's super. I second that plug. <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel, I am so grateful to have you on the podcast. It's so wonderful to be able to have just like a nice focused conversation with you. Um, <laughs> Cause we're usually have such an agenda and we're so busy trying to get through things and it's good to have this nice focused time together. And, and of course we're grateful for everybody who, um, who will come and listen. And we hope that you get a lot out of this. Um, if you loved this content and you want to hear more from it, we of course have blog posts written about it at thinkspry.com. You can find us at any of our social channels at thinkspry. And, um, we would love to invite you into our spry space Facebook group within there. We're usually troubleshooting, um, brainstorming and supporting just whoever's managing social media who needs a little bit of a extended team to tell them they're doing a good job or or what whatever they need it's it's helpful there in spry space so we definitely invite you in there as well okay rachel that's all for today you can go back to your family i'll go back to my dog and my doritos for now <laughs> get some ice cream for me it's great all right i will All right. Thank you so much. We're grateful for everybody and we hope that you keep learning. We will talk to you soon.